0: The, field, the college football podcast about all of college football i'm your host patrick mayhorn joined as always by my co-host ryan donnelly ryan how's it going
1: patrick i am alive um that's the best we can I, am say right carlos, I am
0: in carlos i am in carlos
1: Menem's argentina you know uh-huh. um, just another another day here um I don't really have any riffs to go off of. No. It's been a long week, dude. It's a Tuesday and it's already been a long week. It's kind of one of those weeks for me.
0: One of those. From what I can
1: see from everyone I know online, it's kind of one of those weeks for almost everyone.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Just something kind of, some kind of cursed week.
0: Yeah. Well, we have the very exciting development here, and this is always great podcasting to talk about the weather, where uh, it was warm for the first time in about three months yesterday, and now we're going to get nine inches of snow today. Um, So it's good. It's good. We like it. It's all very exciting everything that's happening right now that is what February is all about it is the time for uh, new things exciting big news everyone doing really really well mentally physically everybody's just doing great right now um, and we're gonna celebrate we're gonna we're gonna celebrate this this joyous time of year the time of year that everybody loves more than any other time by uh, partaking in a kind of an annual tradition here for us at flipping the field we're gonna fire some coaches. Um, we did this mm-hmm. last year. I don't remember if we did this in 2021 cause that's, I don't remember anything we did in 2021 that's gone. That, that, that part of my brain has disappeared forever. It is no longer coming back. Um, but last year we, uh, we went through and we have a bunch of different categories. We've got dead man walking. We've got the likely firings. We have dark horse firings and then the Mark Helfrich zone, which is basically for, uh, Mark Helfrich for a guy, Mark, H- Mark Helfrich style individuals, people who, going into the season it seems like probably shouldn't really be all that worried unless something just completely disastrous happens um so we we did this last year and before we go back through and and we we fire some coaches for 2023 um i've put together I've, i've the sort of a review of what happened last year with these with these lists with these tiers that we put together for we go conference by conference um, and for the most part I think we did pretty well. I we, we there were only a couple guys who were off the board who we who we uh who we missed um guys who we who we forgot to either forgot to include neglected to include didn't think we needed to include whatever it might be um, only a couple guys uh there that we that we that we missed on uh so we'll go through here real quick review some some of the firings some of the non-firings from 2022 starting with the American Conference uh, American Athletic Conference American Conference we're calling it all sorts of things these days they they're saying it's the it's America's conference we love it um we so in the american there were three big firings jeff scott phil montgomery and ken Niamatololo of the teams that were actually in the american Um, basically every team who's joining the conference also fired their coach but those guys are down in the cusa uh we did not have any dead men walking in the aac but we did have two in the likely category which would be willie fritz and jeff scott uh we got one hit and then one big old miss there (laughs) really could not be two two more different guys than these two um which I think is uh, a, yeah. a fairly good reflection of uh, how surprising this Tulane season was. I mean, like, I don't know that, that likely was fair in retrospect for Willie Fritz, but, like, it was not going well for Tulane. And it seemed like it probably wasn't going to go well in 2023. And uh, instead, you know, here they are <laughs> with, uh, what was it, 12 wins and a, and a Cotton Bowl victory.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, look, credit to him. He turned it around. But also, like, the program had not been in a very good place the last few years Right. They were kind of no, like, I think the reasons we picked them are still valid. I'm, I'm, I don't feel bad about the way we structured this. I just think that he he beat the allegations basically. He turned it around and did what he's supposed to do, and credit to him. Like you said, it was an amazing season. Um, with like all of their coaches leaving, I don't know how I feel about them doing it again. Right. Are we going to be here again in like three years? I think that's possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it is a little bit troubling the whole, you know, basically the entire staff turning over and then also turning over a second time as guys get different jobs after accepting jobs with Tulane. Um, that's concerning. You don't usually want to see that. Uh, but he beat the allegations at least once and I'm sure he can, he can do it again if he wants to. Um, in the dark horse category, uh, we had Ryan Silverfield of Memphis, Phil Montgomery and Mike Houston of ECU. Um, Silverfield absolutely should have been fired. They basically Memphis. Had yeah, to they're just out. wasting time. Yeah, Memphis yeah. Memphis had to come out and say like uh, they, they did the classic thing when a coach should be fired of coming out and saying he has our full support. We fully believe in Ryan Silverfield to ability to turn the program around. Um, which means that they do not believe that at all. if you have to say that, it means that you mm-hmm. don't believe it um but he uh he survives for for another year. i cannot imagine that he will live uh live really live at all. i think he'll probably be killed after this season <laughs> um I think that's very likely yeah yeah i mean they and, suck. And, you know... the, his program sucks they, they 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 don't have anything going for them they've lost everything that was interesting about them
1: yeah uh i mean look he he is. You know, indisputably, I think, the worst of their of their recent coaches. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I guess like you can maybe say Justin Fuente. I, I mean, recent, I guess I'm very being fairly generous here because you can go back, you know, to the decade prior. and It was pretty rough with Larry Porter and those guys. But yeah. But I mean, like Justin Fuente on once he got the program rolling. Uh, you know, Mike Norvell was obviously very strong there, and Silverfield came in. It was just the copy of the copy, and, and obviously has, you know, degraded the program. Like, yeah. I don't think Memphis is a perfect job, but it is a job that's certainly winnable. And now, going into you know, this kind of different AAC, they do need someone better at the helm here. Like, it can't keep beating him.
0: Yeah, they've just, there's just nothing, there's just nothing happening there. There's nothing interesting going on there. Um, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the uh, the potential candidates in the AAC this year in a a little bit but um, Phil Montgomery obviously was fired kind of a surprise honestly that he ended up getting fired for what was a a, an overwhelmingly average season but I guess they were just kind of sick of him uh, which is understandable and then Mike Houston who uh, they did fine ECU was fine he did what he needed to do which was show proof of concept Um, he did it I think he's probably Fine. Uh, the Mark Helfert zone. We had two candidates. Uh, one of whom did get fired. In Ken Niamatololo and then Gus Malzahn. Uh, for Ken, it was just a, a you know a continuation of, of what had been recently you know an issue for them. It was another bad season. And uh, also, it seems like some personal disputes with the athletic director out there. For Gus, um, he's just doing what he's always done. He's doing the same shit that he's always done, and that's, that's not going to be enough to get him fired, I guess, because UCF uh, doesn't think very much of itself, apparently. UCF has a very low self-esteem as a football program and is willing to take the abuse of Gus Malzahn, um, but Ken is, uh, Ken is out of here. He has, he has fallen through the Mark Helfrich zone, and he has been fired.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, he uh, it, it kind of sucks for Ken, obviously. I think a lot of people, ourselves included, think this was the wrong choice. Right. Yeah. I don't think it was like the, the right thing to do. But uh, nonetheless, you know, you have a feud with the AD and things happen. And, you know, by the bang, by the boom, guys lost his job. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think Navy is going to be worse off for this. I think it's a, I think it's a poor choice.
0: But uh, yeah, yeah, he he he's there. Yep, uh, ACC. The Dead Man Walking lasted, I think, four or five games. It was Jeff Collins. He is gone. I don't. He's really, the country. For yeah, us. I, I don't want to really take any credit. Yeah, yeah. Je- there's another one coming up in the Big Ten that was pretty similar. Where it's just like, I, I don't know where you guys think this is headed. I don't know what the point of even bringing this into 2022 was. Um, in the likely category, we have two misses, two coaches who, uh, to varying degrees, really kind of turned it around: Dino Babers and Mike Norvell. Uh, Norvell, who we just talked about, uh, obviously had a tremendous season and is, I would say, pretty comfortable right now uh, after after you know eleven wins and really sort of showing proof of concept and then some and then Babers um I think they probably would have liked to fire Babers I think Syracuse would probably like to be rid of Dino Babers but he won just enough that they can't really justify it because Syracuse is not going to fire a coach after he has a a bowl season um I but I I, again I I don't think that the the thinking was necessarily wrong on Babers on Norvell we might have been premature but also like that was the thought last last off season. That was the the consideration around Florida State was basically, how do we get this guy out of here so we can get Dion in, right?
1: Yeah, and also worth noting we, we did record this prior to all like the Florida State transfers they landed, which I think you know fundamentally changed kind of the the outlook for that team in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, and also you know like they like even by my expectation, I think they hit my exact record prediction for the year. Mm-hmm. But I mean a ten and three year with a top ten finish is is pretty tremendous for Florida State um a little bit beyond i guess kind of what we had consensus expected at that point obviously the transfers played in but even then norvell kind of you know uh, you know i think proved himself a bit there at the end of the season and just kind of he won his way through this, this issue and i think he is very safely off of the hot seat this next year yeah um no and no it, worries with yeah,
0: it unless they have even kind of a disappointing season in 2023 at which point he'll be right back on it um because that's yeah. that's the florida state job uh in the mark helford zone we had scott satterfield who uh this one is uh this one's a net zero this one is not a, a miss yeah. or a hit because he did leave and honestly well, he probably was going to get fired yeah he um, was going to get fired i feel i feel pretty good about that one for us i mean yeah And we'll talk about
1: him. He's kind of invented his own zone. We're actually going to use a little bit later. So (laughs) we'll we'll be talking about the, you know, kind of the the Satterfield-Holgerson, you know, collision here uh, a little bit.
0: Yeah. So moving on to the Big 12, we only had two coaches in the Big 12. Both were in the dark horse category and neither one got fired because there was not a change in the Big 12 this offseason. Steve Sarkeesian and Neil Brown. Um, Sartesian is, I think, safer this year than he was last year. He he won some Mm -hmm. games, which is a step in the right direction after not doing that in 2021. Um, Neil Brown, by all accounts, was going to be fired. And then I I guess just something stopped West Virginia from doing that. I'm not entirely sure what it was that stopped West Virginia from doing that. Maybe they checked the bank account. Um, but I I don't know. It feels like Neil Brown, is another one where it's like, it seems like you guys really wanted to fire him. I don't know why you didn't just fire him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that – I don't really get what we're doing with Neil Brown, right? Like, what yeah. is the point of him still having What's job? the
0: job? Yeah, I don't get it.
1: I guess he did, you know, kind of slightly overperform our expectations this year. Like, I think five, we had them, what, like four and eight or three and nine this year. So, I guess five and seven is a slight improvement over that. But it's obviously not where you know, West Virginia should be at. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: especially, again, talking about conference realignment here, as an influx of new teams joins the Big 12 – you don't want to be in a position of weakness when you're already probably the you know first or second geographically weakest team in the league. You,
0: you don't want to be getting worse than that. You know, like it's it's not going to be good for you. No, no, you do not. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be getting worse with that than that, especially because. Like you mentioned with the, you know, the, the, where they are in the country, um, suddenly it's a lot harder to win battles against Cincinnati because you have nothing on them at all. You have, there's nothing that West Virginia has right. that is better than what Cincinnati has now. <laughs> it's like, how are you going to get those guys? How are you? Is your and recruiting- New
1: Brown's like barely even recruiting Ohio well, too. He's been terrible in Ohio. That's the part yeah. that's also baffling.
0: Like his recruiting strategy doesn't make, I don't know, a lick of sense to me. No, it just doesn't. It's it's just not worked there in the way that I think they were hoping it would. Um, and I don't imagine that's going to change. We'll, we'll, you can probably guess what category we're going to put him in once we get to it. But he has uh, somehow survived another year. Um, in the Big Ten, the dead man walking, another very obvious one, Scott Frost, another one who was hot, who was fired, um, I think, like less than a month into the season, if memory serves, it was like three or four games. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, this just, they were just kind of biding, their, you know, biding their time, trying to get that buyout down a little bit further. And I guess they were satisfied with how far it got down and, and, you know, enough that they were ready that they were ready to pull the trigger on him. Um, just dead on arrival, never worked, never, ever worked. He was not ready for the job. Um, wasn't even ever close. I don't think there was ever a flash of Scott Frost working at Nebraska. It was always pretty much just, just bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. The rest of this conference here, we had Tom Allen the Dark Horse Zone. Uh, Tom Allen, I think I think we just got kind of – we underestimated the buyout, right? Yeah. The buyout is just too onerous for anyone to pay that bill. Yeah. It's probably still too big this year. It's probably still too big next season, too. Like You were probably looking at Man. another two full years of Tom Allen. Yeah, we were right that um, he should be fired. We were correct on him. Yeah. The fact that he should be He's fired. He's a he bad was. coach. That was a horrendous – like, the extensions given out in the Big Ten over the last few seasons, like yeah. – the, these athletic directors should be jailed. Like, like they basically, the conference has swung from, hey, look, this was a lazy, institutionally powerful conference that was wasting its monetary advantage by not hiring good coaches. to then, okay, they're going to hire good coaches. So then, hang on, everyone's extending all of their coaches with crazy bullshit extensions. Like, yeah. the extensions given to Mel Tucker, James Franklin, and Ryan Day are all nonsensical. Dude. The Tom Allen one is worse than any of them. Yeah. Uh, like, very few teams in this league I appreciate they're at least being aggressive and trying to keep coaches they think are good. They're just very bad at evaluating them. Yeah. The Tom Allen deal is really, really bad. The,
0: yeah. B- the Big Ten has basically, over the last three or four years, it has kind of done like a speed run of what the SEC did over the last two decades, except without any of the actual success. It was, It's just like this is – the SEC is in this place now where a bunch of teams or, – or was in this place a couple years ago where a bunch of teams – Auburn comes to mind, LSU comes to mind with Les Miles – um, they had these coaches who they didn't really like, who they had given these, ma- these massive extensions to, but th- they had also won games at some point. A lot of these teams in the big 10 had like a year of success or were already successful in Penn state and Ohio state's case. Um, and just, just like, like the 2020, the fakest season of all time was enough to convince them to throw a bunch of money at these guys. Baffling, very, very baffling. Um, big 10, I don't think is in a, isn't a great spot here, but um, the, uh, the Mark Helford zone that we had here was Mike Loxley, Paul Crist and Ryan Day. Uh, so we were right on Paul Crist. That was, that was us being hopeful. That was us being like w- overly optimistic and saying that there's no way that Wisconsin would do this. Uh, they did it. They went and they actually, they actually did it in the middle of the season even, which still is, uh, Pretty shocking to me. Um, Loxley's fine. They're going to let him do that for a decade if he wants to. They don't. They don't give a shit if he does more than six and six day. Um, to be continued. We'll we'll talk about that one in a little bit. We don't need yeah. to, we don't need to talk about Ryan Day more than we than we absolutely have to. Um, yeah. In Conference USA, yeah. we had
1: uh, what six guys in the board here overall. Yeah. Well, we had uh, we had, had
0: five, <laughs> yeah we had five off or five on the board, and then there was one fired who we did not include. Oh, um, sorry. Correct. Yeah. yeah, my bad. Yeah. So um, we. We had in the likely category Mike Bloomgren and Seth Luttrell. Uh, Can't believe that Bloomgren didn't get fired. It was just that he... That he made the bowl, that he made a bowl game, and they couldn't fire him, even though it was a five. Seth Luttrell
1: sounds like a guy who should own like Black Rifle Coffee Company.
0: Okay, yeah, I like that. Yeah, he does kind of sound like a. Um, this is a like this, an operator. He yeah. sounds sort of yeah, like a, like an operator turned guy who has a show for the Daily Wire, right? Oh, it's, it's yeah, 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 it's, yeah. Uh, it's you know, it's the Seth Luttrell Hour, right? That's it's a very he's like a guy
1: who wears a tactical vest to like yeah. uh, go you know to like go protest. <laughs> Outside
0: of uh Whole Foods'
1: new Pride display. Yeah.
0: Um. I, I think that there's I think probably sixty percent at least of college probably more than that. If you showed like I'm going to say 75% of college football fans, a picture of Dan Crenshaw and said, this is Seth Luttrell. I think they'd believe you. <laughs> I think that they would. Yeah, that makes sense. That I, think, right no, I think no. I think the eye patch gives it away, I don't unfortunately. Know. I, I don't think that... I, I think that there could be a coach who has an eye patch. I think that we need a coach who yeah. has an eye patch, and I think it could be Seth Luttrell, um, who... Uh, that's Dan Crenshaw's new name. He's changing his name. <laughs> He's changing his career. He's the new head coach at North Texas. Um, they do move yeah. on from Seth Luttrell. Despite the fact that he didn't he win the division <laughs> didn't they go to the conference championship th- game <laughs> yeah, they, they pretty well
1: <laughs> i was i was thinking about it recently that uh this is just a total aside that cliff kingsbury um kind of looks like yesified jonathan gannon okay. like if you if you, you yesify uh, not not, <laughs> jonathan
0: to, not to make yeah. this about the nfl um jonathan gannon did you is see him the, at mardi gras uh, no sorry. no i have not seen that he is the higher he like a lot of the recent hirings in the NFL have been kind of baffling to me because I, I don't really follow it all that closely, but it's just like offensive coordinator who worked for like a you know, a fairly well respected 32 year old who happens to be a head coach somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on? What is happening with that? Why is that the only person yeah. who any team is hiring? What is happening?
1: Yeah, I mean he's a DC, but it's the same concept, right? Uh, You're just yeah, hiring yeah. the defensive version of that. It's very they're hiring two. I think everyone wants like Mike Tomlin for some reason. Yeah. I mean, Mike Tomlin's a great coach. I get why you're you know trying to get longevity, but like you know the thing is, most of these hires are bad. Like most of the people you're hiring aren't good at their
0: job. Yeah, yeah. The the thing about hiring a 31 year old football coach or however old however old this guy is is that um, usually you're not very good yet at that point. Yeah, <laughs> and you also more than that you if you
1: if you aren't good you don't have the experience you need to like have the network to make up for your own failures right like yeah. you don't know enough people to make the hires you should make to fix your own
0: problems yeah well speaking of dark horse was will healy um didn't just didn't know anybody else ran out of guys that he knew uh and and charlotte fell apart and he was fired uh, and they replaced yeah. him with the oldest. Charlotte's
1: web of lies. Hmm? Uh,
0: okay. Yeah, they replaced him with the oldest man in college football. So that's uh, <laughs> from from one extreme to another.
1: <laughs> he's, he's hired six
0: investment bankers to his staff, <laughs> uh, which is going to be good. I think that'll work out. Six investment bankers and then like the college football Reddit Twitter account guy. Um, yeah. That's- and also, for some reason, has
1: brought in a transfer in his ninth year of college football yeah. and has had two total sacks. Yeah, line. their quarterback uh, is I'm- one
0: of those guys who had his leg blown off in Afghanistan. Afghanistan. he's <laughs> like 36 years old <laughs> again it's the it's the black rifle coffee company conference
1: conference usa is <laughs> uh, <laughs> the black rifle coffee conference of college football yeah um uh,
0: yeah there Yeah <laughs> C-, C-, C USA brought to you by TP USA. Oh man, that would mm-hmm. be that would be really we we need a conference that's that's sponsored by the like Ben Shapiro show or something and the CUSA needs the money. They need to do it. Uh let's let's make this happen. I think Biff would be really happy about that. Um in the Mark Helfrich zone, Rick Stockstill who until further notice is just going to be there. I I don't think it's worth even I mean, it's not even really worth talking about Middle Tennessee State, I don't think. Because it's just going to be, they're just going to go 7-6. and That's the only thing that they do. They will do this for however long Rick Stock still is fucking alive. That's it. I I don't, like, I don't know that there's a zone that that could possibly encompass his thing because he doesn't ever lose more than six games, but he doesn't ever win more than six games either. He's just stuck there. They were, I guess they were 8-5 and in 2022. That's um, one of his best seasons ever. That is that is right up there with the best that he has ever done. Um what a miserable program, honestly. What a just a just a despicable football program. No thank you. Um but they will uh they they hold on to him. Also in the Mark Helfrich zone was Willie Taggart, who did get fired. Kind of a surprise, honestly. I I, I think that this must have been a case where like it was just pretty obvious on the inside of the program that he was not like taking it seriously; that he was not invested <laughs> enough in in this success yeah. of the program to to justify keeping him around. Because, like, yeah, he wasn't overly successful or anything. He was not; he did not do well there. But it, it seems like there's probably a little bit more going on there than we were privy to.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I guess hiring you know current XFL head coach Heinz Ward to be his confidant and his right hand man. Yeah, uh, it was not working out too well for him. Yeah. By the way, have you noticed that? Have you seen that Heinz Ward got a little fat lately? No, I'm I'm
0: not familiar with. I'm not I'm not aware of this. Is this? Uh, I mean, you have to think. You have Ward's got a little chubby. Yeah. You have to think yeah. that. Uh, I just when I was googling him, I did just spell his name like they spell the fucking stadium. <laughs> the, the ketchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: that's that's not funny. Right. Uh, I mean, that, not I mean, right. you can imagine how often that happened in Pittsburgh. Oh yes.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. All the time.
1: Um, <laughs> actually, that's actually kind of not true. The one thing that like even very dumb people in Pittsburgh do Mm -hmm. is they, everyone does know how to spell every player who's ever played for the Steelers, including like Kimo van Olhofen and Ben Roethlisberger. Like you memorize those the day they're drafted and never fuck it up again. Yeah. Or else everyone else calls you a casual. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, You is. do kind of have to be good at that. Hines yeah. Ward, he
0: is getting, a, he is getting a little bit bulky. He's, he's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's. You know what? I like that for him. He's, uh, he's aging gracefully. Um, yeah. in NFL the... week on flipping the fields. <laughs> that man is not in the NFL. <laughs> His ass is coaching the <laughs> XFL. That is. let's not. Come uh... on, no
1: one, no one, <laughs> even Georgia fans don't remember Georgia Hines Ward. You were thinking of NFL Hines Ward. That's the only like he is a guy. Like, yeah, Terry McLaurin, no one ever will ever think about his college career ever. He is a purely
0: NFL guy. Yeah. No, I think of him as an XFL guy because he's an XFL coach. That's 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 the only I don't I don't know anything about Heinz Ward, the player. I only know the XFL coach. (laughs) Um, And then off the board, we did not include Bryant Vincent. This one, I don't. I mean, he was the interim coach. I don't really know what we were. <laughs> I don't know what we were supposed to do here, but he was fired uh, to uh, to bring in Trent Dilfer. So once again, it's NFL week here at Flipping the Field. Um, independence, mm-hmm. there were none. We had none. All good here in the Mac. Um, Scott Leffler, we had as the dead man walking. Somehow, still living. He just, you you can't get rid of this guy. He's like he's in your walls, Scott Leffler. He gets in the walls, and there's just no getting rid of him um bowling green went to a goddamn bowl game and they they sucked they weren't any good but Mm -hmm. they went to a bowl game bowling green is not gonna not gonna fire anybody for that um I, i i mean i guess he just keeps on going scott leffler just just you can't uh you can't get rid of him he is he's stuck there um also i believe the mac has still not released
1: their 2023 football schedule Awesome. Um, that's which is you know being played in like six months.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Um, I uh, it, it's really it's a top secret. We cannot have people knowing about this. This very imp- important information. Um, in the likely category, we have 10 We had Tim Alban who turned things around. Had a really good season. Um, probably safe for. Another decade based off of one good season, which is how Ohio likes to operate. Jason Candle, same story, in the dark horse category. And then off the board was Tim Lester. I'm surprised, honestly, that we didn't have him in the Mark Helford zone because I hate Tim Lester. I think Tim Lester's a dog shit coach. Yeah. I was glad that he got Here's fired. Here's the thing. When you
1: say we, mm-hmm. uh,
0: this is this is a you section here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, c- I could show you a picture I, of Dan Crenshaw, and you'd think it's Tim Lester. <laughs> I mean, I know a
1: bit about the MAG, but if you're going to ask me to, like, you know, give opinions on which programs have certain standards that should fire coaches by. Like, I, I don't know, man, it's not really my kind of my wheelhouse in the Mac.
0: Yeah. I, I'm kind of a, the, to I'm be kind fair, of a top 85 programs guy. Be, not, not so yeah. much the bottom, like 45. Yeah. To be fair, the Mac also doesn't know what their standards are for if they should fire a yeah. coach or not. They don't, they don't know, they don't know where they stand at all. None of those programs have any idea. Um, Mountain West, Dead Man Walking, Marcus Arroyo. Uh, another one where it, it, looked like he was going to survive. It looked like he was going to be fine. They almost made a bowl game. They were, you know, better this year. They were improved and they fired him to try and get a big name. And the big name that they got was Barry Odom. I I mean that's a master class right there. You can't The guy who sucks. The yeah, guy you, who can, does suck. you can't draw it up any better. Not only did you get somebody who nobody cares about, he also sucks. So it's like you you went for Hollywood and you landed on fucking Barry Odom. It's so embarrassing. It's <laughs> so bad. What an insanely bad hire. What a bad process just in general. Um, so we were right, but at what cost? Um, in the dark horse category, we had Danny Gonzalez, who uh, still not really doing a whole lot at New Mexico, but hmm, no, That's a nice way to put that. Yeah. yeah no, currently 7 and 24. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, no real noise there, I guess. He's just Kind of there. And then Craig Bull, who ended up doing pretty well, despite the fact that his entire team keeps transferring every offseason, which is something maybe to consider. But um, he keeps winning ballgames, and so I think he's probably fine until – further notice uh what happens if uh what happens if jayden orvel goes two and ten again what's that gonna uh, be like next offseason i think he's probably got at least one or two more years guaranteed after this one uh yeah still
1: very funny to think about though
0: yeah i don't think that he leaves an in-conference job where he was doing well for uh a a job where he could get fired after two or three years right i I would guess that the the guarantees are probably pretty significant within that contract um, that would be my, that would be my guess. Uh, but I guess we'll see. Pack 12 dead man walking, Herm Edwards, pretty obvious, kind of strange that they let him get into the season at all. Just, you know, dead on arrival was not going to happen. In the likely category, we had Carl Durrell, Chip Kelly, and Justin Wilcox. Uh, Durrell probably could have been dead man walking. He did not last long. Um, Chip Kelly, for, for those of you who do not remember this, uh, um, UCLA fans, UCLA, everybody, a lot of people around UCLA really don't like Chip Kelly and really didn't like him before he had, you know, a pretty strong season in 2022. Um, and kind of want any reason to be rid of Chip Kelly, but he just keeps winning football games. He, he's, you know, he would need to fail for them to fire him and he's not done that yet. Uh, so he, he stays alive. Justin Wilcox, um, probably could have honestly been, if we had it last year it would have been a, a Satterfield zone contender because he, you know, it uh, seems like might want to jump to a different job, but he's still there. I don't really know why that really, why that marriage is still uh, going. It seems like they don't really like each other very much, but Justin Wilcox is still there. And, and Chip Kelly, of course, can't be, can't be killed. We, we love the big man. He's uh he's mm-hmm. just going to keep doing this. You can't get rid of him no matter how hard you want to.
1: It's true. It's true. He's the God. Um, I do think he he may enter our, again, our, our much alluded to, people are clamoring to hear what this means, but he may enter the Satterfield zone by himself pretty soon here. Yeah. Um, we, we should talk about that below. But anyway, uh, other people in this, in this you know, Pac-12 here, we had David Shaw in the Dark Horse category. Bye-bye. He did, you know, he achieved the dream. Yeah. <laughs> he got himself out of there. Uh, three and nine. He's got that buyout money cashed. Allegedly, one of the biggest contracts in the FBS. It was not reported the exact number because... They don't have to do that. Yeah. Uh, but I believe it was a fairly substantial uh contract he had uh bought out from. So good on him. Congratulations, David yeah. Shaw, for getting that getting that pervert uh tech founder money. Love that. Um Listen, and better Jet than Fish he has is
0: it. that's for sure. Better that he has it.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, probably a nice guy, right? I think David Shaw's probably a nice dude. Yeah, I don't just have a bad football coach. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I
0: don't have any issues with David Shaw the man. It was just that he was not doing well at Stanford. <laughs> that was, I think, our biggest yeah. our biggest beef with you know he was ruining our favorite college football program. You and I are big Stanford mm-hmm. boosters. Um, I do have some problems with him, I guess, as a man because I think anyone that's that boring
1: about like if you have a job as fun as coaching college football, yeah, and you're that boring, uncreative, and shitty at it, that does actually kind of irk me a little yeah. bit. He looks good, though.
0: Handsome guy. He's, he pulls off the bald look very, very well. Yeah, I mean, pretty right. round head. Pretty yeah. pretty round head. Yeah, yeah. Right. So who's in the Mark Helfert zone here?
1: <laughs> uh, we had Jed Fish, uh, who who beat the charges. Um, he escaped our ire. I don't know, man. It's Jed
0: Fish. What can what can you say? Yeah. It's um, Jed fish. He went Jed Fish <laughs> mode. Uh <laughs> say we're hearing that more and more that we're going Jed Fish mode. Um, yeah, he's still still kicking. Uh SEC, the dead man walking was Brian Harson, and yeah, sure enough, he was they, they took their sweet ass time, but they did eventually move on from Brian Harson. Um in the Mark Helfert zone and now completely safe is Clark Lee, who who uh huge improvement, honestly, into into year two, one that we have not talked about a ton because, um, I don't really know why we would do that, but they were much better. They were much, much better in 2022. And, and, you know, seems like there was a lot of reason for, for optimism there. And, and he, uh, he did not in fact have the, the collapse that we were, uh, thinking might happen and that could put him on a hot seat. I don't think they would have fired him anyway. I, I would guess that they're probably pretty committed to Clark Lee long-term. Um, that, that seems to be the, the rumbling from within that program. Yeah.
1: Um, what can you do, man? We'll, we'll never, never be rid of him. Um, he is,
0: (laughs) he is around forever. Yep. Um, who else did we have on the list last year, Pat? We had three more names here. Yeah, in the you sun in the Sun Belt, we had the dead man walking Jake Spavital, who was fired by Texas State, and they replaced him with just another version of Jake of Jake Spavital. They just hired him again with a different name. Um, and then in the Mark Helfert zone we had Butch Jones and Sean Elliott, both of whom will come back up again in 2023. Not they have not beaten the allegations, they just were not yet fired. Um, that's all we had. That's everything for 2022 pretty well. I I feel, I I feel like we did pretty well, feel pretty good with that. Um, we're going to jump in here and fire some 2023 coaches, but before we do that, uh, we should probably sell some things, uh, starting of course with meetatmidfield.com. Ryan, what is meetatmidfield.com and and what can people sort of do there? Meetatmidfield.com is a subsidiary of Black Rifle Coffee
1: Company. Yep. Um, (laughs) that mostly it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like anti-propaganda. You know, we kind of like use it to uh, to make fun of the company as kind of a way to worm it into your guys' brain. It's kind of, you know, subliminal marketing, uh-huh. um, which even <laughs> works better when you tell people what you're doing
0: with it. So yeah. it is. Funny aside that, from our... Just, just to think about that, people would never know if that was what we were doing. They would never know if that was what we were doing on this podcast, if we were actually being paid by like, um, you know, Black Rifle Co- Coffee Company or David Shaw or, you know, things of that nature. They would never know if that was what we were attempting to 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 accomplish. We could just do that. We could probably be making yeah. a lot of money doing that. We're just doing this shit for free. That doesn't even make sense. Bad business yeah, on our yeah. part. Yeah, I
1: mean, what's stopping us really from kind of just turning the keys over to Black Rifle Coffee Company and seeing how long <laughs> it takes our subscribers to notice, you know? Kind of. <laughs> we're joined today by Tim Dillon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so besides that we're also we also are a college football website um you know we cover we cover national college football like we do in this podcast we cover ohio state we cover michigan we cover the intersection of rivalries and you know and all throughout the sport uh we even do a little college basketball nowadays yeah. um it my best wishes mm-hmm. um <laughs> we we talk about all kinds of things really uh uh you know the whole sport uh of <sighs> college football they can't think they, uh, they're, they're just out it. of frame <laughs> we
0: talk about all sort of things they're just out of the frame though you can't we can't yeah. quite see them right now but they're there they're all there and they're all laughing yeah. as
1: well for example um you know today we had i think it was probably the 17th thread i've made making fun of the mozzie smith arrest uh, yeah. months after it happened yeah um and, and only weeks after the uh, you know nr police did anything think about that um <laughs> so that's been fun um I don't know, man. We talk about college ball. That's that's kind of what we do. Our whole thing is about college football. Yeah, I don't know. You guys get the idea. What do you mean? It's it's, it's flipping the field. It's being the field. You guys know what the deal is.
0: Yeah, you already know what the fuck is going on. Uh, You also know (laughs) what's going on at homefieldapparel.com. And if you don't, uh, you should get Wise. You should go over to com. You should use the code Midfield for 15% off your first purchase of uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company. You know, bag of coffee. You can get some grounds. You can get some 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 whole beans. I don't know. There's probably other stuff going on over there. Uh, and then they also have just a sort of, fun, kind of kind of a fun little side thing. They have some t-shirts. They've got some sweatpants. They've got a third kind of apparel that I can't think of right now. Um, you know the third one that everybody knows and loves, but uh, they've got all sorts of yeah really, the secret really, third thing yeah really high quality vintage collegiate apparel. They have been putting out new collections frequently for schools that they already have. In some cases, schools that I think they're adding. I believe I saw that Providence is getting a collection coming up soon. If you're into mm-hmm. that, if we have any Providence listeners, uh, turn the fucking podcast off and unsubscribe. We don't want your dumb ass. Get out of <laughs> here. Um, I
1: will, uh, Patrick. I, I should announce this on the podcast here. Okay. I will be having a shipment of t shirts secretly smuggled to me in Colombia. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will be having one of our media midfield subscribers acting as a mule for me. I'm um, <laughs> traveling from Columbus, Ohio to Cartagena, to Columbia with a package of, of, of home field apparel t shirts mm-hmm. uh, that I'm sure will be. Uh, received very well uh, in Columbia. I'll be hailed as a liberator of that place by bringing them the, the news, the good Buckeyes. Yeah,
0: you're strapping 500 different shirts just taped to this guy's torso <laughs> underneath his, his regular home field apparel. <laughs>
1: well, they're so comfortable and stretchy, you can fit all those t-shirts underneath them, too. That's the best part. They're so breathable as well. will be okay.
0: Yeah, something that we have always said, and this is, again, another good reason to go to go to homefieldapparel.com and use the code Midfield for 15% off your first purchase. Home Field Apparel Clothing is great for smuggling things into different countries. It's nice and <laughs> nice and breathable. Nobody will even notice, the, you know, what you have strapped underneath your, you know, Tulane hoodie at the airport. They'll never even know. They won't know what's on your body. It doesn't matter. You can put anything under there. Um, yeah,
1: we've seen that video of the guy in the airport who is. Um, this is very dark. Sorry, uh, but the guy in the airport who uh, like murders his child's molester, his child's abuser. No, I have not
0: seen that. How does this relate to <laughs> homefieldapparel.com? dot <laughs> well, That's
1: the thing. Is imagine, imagine what I, what I think HomeField should pay us to do uh, is film some kind of like viral video campaign to advertise, <laughs> where instead of you know instead of using a gun to kill somebody, we're like filming that exactly frame for frame, uh-huh. except it's handing a t shirt yeah to my abuser which is you
0: yeah yeah you're using a shirt to thrill somebody that's what home field apparel is, is, <laughs> is all about it's about thrilling that's the same yeah. setup
1: you see me in the background of the payphone like looking shadily over towards the ongoing police presence <laughs> as they walk by and i just pop in and put a t-shirt over your head for you to wear <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you put a t-shirt in the back of my head. <laughs> I think okay. that'd be a really cool bio-marketing campaign. Yeah, I think that that would do really well and everybody would really understand what's going on. We're doing an ISIS b-shirting video. <laughs>
1: It's a pretty famous video, dude. I think a lot of people listening have seen the bereaved father who kills yeah. his child's abuser. I think people have seen this. Yeah,
0: well, if you've seen it, please <laughs> please write in and let us know. Please, uh. If you've seen that, please tweet that video. so, 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 so. <laughs> oh my god yeah please go and make your own version of this of this viral video with various home field related props and just you know go to the actual airport and see how it goes it'll be really fun actually i think it'll probably be really cool um <laughs> well anyway homefieldapparel.com which does not support any of the things that we say on this on this podcast and frankly it's astonishing you cannot prove that you it's, can't prove that. it's astonishing that they continue to pay us <laughs>
1: checks be clearing every month that's right
0: uh all right let's fire some coaches 2023 edition starting in the aac dead man walking it's ryan silverfield we've already talked about him get the fuck out of here no thank you uh he's done he's cooked unless he's not but i think he probably is because i think that i think think that memphis is going to realize very quickly that um they should be better than this especially in what is going to be um objectively a pretty bad conference i think <laughs> at least for these next couple of years pretty bad i think that utsa is probably going to run come in and run the table and that memphis is going to realize just how far it has fallen from what it once was and that i think ryan solerfield will be out on his ass um any any disagreements here
1: no um i mean i think he is pretty much like you said he's out the fucking door right this guy's a bum he, yeah. he's done um, the one we do have in the like I mean, yeah, no no thoughts, right? He's a terrible coach. He's not doing well. They're not gonna go above five hundred. It's gonna be like the third year in a row, they're five hundred or worse, the bull game. Yeah. Um, or I guess five yeah, five hundred the bull game. Yeah, he I mean, the first he's under five hundred, he's out of there. The one you have in the likely category I'm a little more interested in. Yeah. Uh, I wanna kinda hear your rationale here on Mike
0: Bloomgren. So I think that they just they want to fire him very badly. It seems like Rice really doesn't wanna have Mike Bloomgren around, and I cannot imagine that a, a I think it was a five and eight season because they got to go to a bowl game as a five win team. I can't, imma- I can't imagine that that's going to buy him like a ton of time, right? I, I, I just, I don't know. I know that Rice doesn't really care about football, but they wanted to fire him ahead of the 2022 season. They were looking for a reason to, and he he barely survived. Um, do you think that J T. Daniels is going to be the guy who keeps Mike Bloomgren in that job? In I mean, like. It's not a very good conference, but it is better than the CUSA. It's going to be better competition than the the 2022 CUSA was. I just I think they're probably going to be the sort of the doormat, and I think that they'll get him out the door.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess the thing is here is like, what are Rice's standards in football? Like, how much do they care, right? Yeah. Like, if he's going five and seven. Do they actually care that much if he's if that's if that's what he does? Yeah, I don't think um, he's going to be
0: doing that though. I I, I don't think. Yeah, he's fair enough. Be able to get but like like okay, if he wins four
1: games, is he out?
0: I think it'd be close. I think it would probably depend on the four games. Um, if yeah. there if it's four conference games, then he might have a, an argument. Like they start like, you know, uh, zero and six or one and five or something, and then he wins four of the last however many. Um, he might be able to swing that, but uh, that it, 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 it somebody's got to be really bad in this conference, and I think it's going to be Rice is, is one of the obvious candidates for that for that spot. Um, and I just don't think that there's a whole lot of he's not really done anything to earn himself a, a down year or two, right? It was pretty much all down years for him, uh, with the one up year being five and eight. That's still that's just not very good. He's been there for a while now. I, I think that they'd probably like to see more than more than that, especially as they get. A little bit more conference money working into the into the program. Um, in the Mark Helfert zone here, we have one that we disagree on. Another one that we disagree on in Rhett Lashley, who uh, SMU hired last year immediately, pretty pretty badly tanked what they were doing. They, they were not very good in 2022. Um, I think that this could very easily be a year two rebound situation. We had some of those up in the in the 2022 review, guys like Tim Albin. Um, but I also think that Rhett Lashley might just suck. I think that SMU might just not be very good this year and that they, um, especially as they eye potentially a jump, up to an even larger conference than the AAC, but as they certainly find themselves in the same place at, at, as Memphis at the bare minimum, um, I think they could look at this and say like, well, maybe we should cut our losses before this gets worse. Maybe we should try to get somebody in here before he, you know, really kind of fucks up what we had with, uh, with Sonny Dykes.
1: Yeah. Man like me, I never want to be in the same place as Memphis, uh, unless I'm trying to eat some ribs. That's the only place I would be at, but no, okay. I don't know. I, I don't think that Rhett Lashley, uh, I just, I guess I think I have a little more confidence in him than you do.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't think that he's going to, uh, uh, I guess, first of all, I think last year wasn't that bad. I mean, seven and six is certainly not, you know, ideal. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, a hot rod of a season, but, but I, I guess I kind of just fundamentally feel a little more confident in his ability to win there, especially as the conference gets easier, right? Like, I think the yeah. fact that, that it's going to, you know, they're going to be, probably the best program in that league now, like just, just in terms of like program ceiling. Is there anyone in that, pro, in that league better than them as a program?
0: I think UTSA is probably going to eat their lunch, but that's more that UTSA is not necessarily as a program, more just where it is right now.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So, I mean, even then your top two program in the league. I think like, you know, you have a coach that's, you know, younger has, is doing some, is doing pretty well at recruiting. I, I think you're pretty confident in him, kind of give him a year or two to figure it out. Uh, especially given the fact that no one else around you seems to be charged, charging hard at you besides UTSA. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I'm curious. And see, also,
1: like, if the Pac-12 is coming to bail you out, too, you're probably fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, if the Pac-12 comes to bail them out, then I think he gets one more year to try and prove it, and then they go and get a big boy coach, right? That would be my my uh, expectation. Probably, yeah. I don't think that the Pac-12 coming to get SMU would be great news for Rhett Lashley, unless he is successful this yeah. year and buys himself a little bit of time. Um, but I, I could see them hiring like a, um, not Dana Holgerson, but like a Dana Holgerson style individual, if that was, if that Mm -hmm. was to be the case, Mm -hmm. because they know that that's coming up. Um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe, maybe, I mean, like there is also the possibility of like Tom Herman gets it going at FAU and that suddenly becomes a program to think about. Um, there, there are, there are programs in this conference. Somebody's going to have to win these fucking games and, We'll see if it's SMU. It should be, but we'll we'll see. Um, we don't have anybody else in the AAC. I think it's going to be a quieter year in the AAC, especially because so many of the programs that just moved into the conference uh, just fired their coach and brought in new guys. Um, and it'll take at least a couple of years for those programs to realize that their new guys uh, largely are dog shit, are not very good, outside of, of course, our beloved Tom Herman um mm-hmm. ac who is a dog yeah, yeah we yeah we do love tom herman unless it doesn't work at which point uh, also
1: we it's crazy we haven't talked about it i sorry to pick you off your joke i apologize but but it is crazy we haven't talked about the podcast yet that he's skinny now have you seen the pictures of him <laughs> is he <laughs> I did Dude, not... he lost a lot of weight <laughs> tom Herman's like this
0: well uh, damn yeah let me is... send him
1: to you in the chat you he... got it you got it
0: yeah he kind of looks he looks a little bad <laughs> looks a little not like he's not doing very well is is tom herman all right
1: i think he's doing fine dude i think he was getting on the juice you know he was getting he was trying to look skinny for his his opening day plus you know coaches put on those 15 20 pounds their first year to head coach job every time might as well get skinny first then he looks
0: like Pee Wee herman in his fucking suit the suit is so big. The suit is too big. The suit is, too big. <laughs> this suit is so goddamn big. I think him. the dude. Wait, the angle with the, with the pants included <laughs> it are worse too. Um, I need to remember to funny. post
1: this picture with the podcast. Also, just <laughs> g- general tactic here if you if you have the young. I'm looking at the four kids, the four, four You know, him, his wife, and two kids. Yeah, you can't have the youngest son on the outside. He looks like he's like he's not really wanted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he just looks gotta, like he's, he just wandered in here. He's just some guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, uh, I, I need to remember to push this picture. <laughs> this suit is so fucked up looking.
1: <laughs> oh but the one of him standing on the helmet. I'm sending it in the chat now. Yeah. He looks better in this
0: one. Um, hang on, I'll set it to oh you right now. God. He kind of looks uh, like he kind of looks like he got Tim Beckified. He he sort of looks like Tim <laughs> Beck a little bit, which is not you good. You think so? Yeah, mm, boy, I'm a little more. I'm a little worried about Tom now because he oh he's famous for. <laughs> you know, the, the, the wildly fluctuating looks, right. That's always been a a staple for Tom Herman and you can, you can, you know, you can make implications from that as you, as you see fit, you can,
1: (laughs) you can, you, well, you had, you know, obviously Houston and Texas, Tom were the mischievous ones, right. That was his mischievous era. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State, Tom, was his Mensa era where he was trying to look smart all the time and yeah. had his like hair intentionally fucked up and was wearing glasses all the time. Yeah, same with sort of uh,
0: late-stage Iowa State. Like, the last pictures that you get from him of Iowa State, he looks very much like... He's got, like, the glasses on. He's trying to look like a nerd, right? Yeah. But then he gets to Texas, mm-hmm. and he's like... He's like beefy, you know, he's, 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 he's dense and he's, uh, he's doing all the celebrations on the sidelines. Now, I don't really know how I would describe his FAU look. Um, it's not, I I don't uh, think I would use positive words.
1: <laughs> he, he kind of looks to me like he's a guy who owns a law firm and like somewhere in between, uh, San Francisco and, and LA, like somewhere like, you know, in like middle California. Yeah. Uh, he owns a pretty successful law firm. Uh, and he's not divorced, but he's definitely having a tough time with his wife. And he's responded to this by getting really into running later in life. Yes. Uh, and has lost like 30 pounds. And he's like, he's like, I'm running a half marathon next week. I'm feeling great. I'm doing awesome. But yeah. like secretly, he has a murderous rage. Yeah. Uh, and it's probably sleeping with like a barista who's like 19 years old.
0: Yeah. He um, does. He does look like he has like late stage runner body. That is absolutely what this what we've got going on here. He's got like yeah. very veiny, skinny legs under there. Yeah. I I think that that's. I think we've cracked the code. This is I I I had not seen these images. His even just his, his profile picture at FAU is really fucked up looking. <laughs> it's really. He kind of looks like really if you kind of like, upsetting. uh, what was the role that
1: Christian Bale lost all the weight for? That was, uh, the, the machinist. He probably looks like Christian Bale like three months after he finished the machinist,
0: yeah, yeah, that's yeah, or, or like, um, what was it? The was it Matthew McConaughey for the Dallas Buyers Club? Is that the one where he, yep, that's yeah. a good one. He, he's not yeah. quite,
1: yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He's like he's like McConaughey, like after he has the first couple meals after the Dallas Flyers club.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, anyway, we're, we're going to be, we're going to be looking much, much further into, yeah. <laughs> into, I think
1: we should start doing like kind of like a Trump style bit. We just do like catty <laughs> shit talk with the way coaches dress. What do you mean? Start doing.
0: <laughs> That's all we do. That's the only thing this podcast is for. That's a good point. That's a good point. Just for making fun of the coaches who we don't like, who speaking of, <laughs> we don't have a dead man walking in the ACC, but we do have a likely it's Jeff Hafley. Um, um, who we we have how both, do we fit
1: tom herman in this podcast <laughs>
0: uh we were talking about how he's gonna he's gonna run it he's gonna run it in the aac he's gonna immediately oh, yeah. put ret lashley on fucking notice um yeah jeff halfley in the likely category i don't know if boston college is actually man enough to do this i don't know that boston college would actually do this but um they were bad they were really really bad in 2022 and i, I don't know I don't know that there's a ton of hope for them getting better in 2023. I guess they have a young quarterback who they're kind of excited about, um, who isn't Phil Dracovic, which will be very good for them. But I don't know. They were bad. They were bad beyond just not really having a quarterback.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's not a good coach, right? He's not very – like <laughs> he had he had like a lot of NFL guys on offense like the last couple of years. You know, keep in mind, I, I don't think they're, they're very high at NFL guys, but there, a lot of them were in the league yeah. or going to be in the league. And they they can't figure out anything on offense. They are horrendous offense year after year. Yeah. Uh and, and his like vaunted defense is like simply not that good. Like they're they're not
0: <laughs> Well, that's, that's the <laughs> they're, thing they're is like it works really well when you have top end talent, but he doesn't there, and he's never going to, because it's Boston College. And so it's very simple and there's not really a whole lot going on and it's not Really, all that difficult to beat because it's like okay, they're running cover three again. That's pretty much the only thing that they run. <laughs> it looks like yep, looks like cover three again. And this quarterback runs a four seven, so I'm just gonna throw it past him, and I don't think it's gonna be a big problem for me. Um, and that's pretty yeah, much yeah. I mean, what they rank like they rank like done. 98th and and scoring defense. Like yeah. they, like
1: it was a terrible defense last year. Like there's there's. Yeah, they it, have thirty points a game with a week schedule. Like, what's the point in this? What are what are we doing?
0: Yeah, and I I don't know exactly where you go if you're Boston College after this because I mean. It it just doesn't seem like there's a ton of heat with that program right now, but I don't think that this is it. I don't know how much probably it, hire Ryan Day. Yeah, I think you had to think that Ryan Day will be in the mix for Boston College. You have to think <laughs> that he's in the Satterfield zone because he's gonna he's gonna go for his dream job, Boston College. Um, yeah, so I, I just I don't know that Halfley has a whole lot going on. I don't know that there's much much happening there. Um, I could see him. Uh, jumping to an NFL defensive coordinator job very quickly uh yeah. whether encouraged or not by Boston College next year we'll see
1: right um here here's what I will tell you uh I will guarantee whoever is the next coach at Boston College uh, There will be rumors from their message board guys trying to start that Tom Brady's a candidate for the job. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll guarantee that. We'll bet my life that's going to happen. Some guys are in the boards are going to be talking about Tom Brady. It's going to get passed around. Someone's going to say, well,
0: he's not a real candidate, but he did take the phone call, Yeah, and then that's going to go from there. He would be the worst coach of all time. He would be the worst college (laughs) football coach to ever live. There's no reason. Could you imagine how bad that would be? Tom Brady trying to recruit people? No. (laughs) Tom Brady, I mean, like, but
1: here's the thing is, like, he would recruit like in the Jim Harbaugh sense where like you don't he's a terrible like recruiter conventionally yeah but he's like known to be a weirdo enough that it works for him
0: yeah I guess that like, could Ur, that,
1: Urb, that worked for Urban Meyer I get Urban Meyer early on in his career had like frat boy like weird 80s like macho charisma yeah and then it would be kind he was just like a psychotic freak and then that worked for him too because it's like oh he's Urban he's a winner dude that's just how he is yeah it's uh, it's not it's Brady not he has that kind yeah, of thing it's yeah. not
0: weird that he peed in the middle of your living room to establish dominance that's just <laughs> urban he's a winner that's what he does he's an alpha.
1: yeah he's an alpha it's he's just you don't know he's a master's degree in psychology like what's like he's right you're wrong
0: yeah he was eating the mashed potatoes with his bare hands because he's a winner that's what you do when you're a winner he doesn't need a fork the there's fork more that way. do it that way yeah. <laughs> the fork yeah. takes the,
1: that, that could be a thing i bet i could convince people that of bodybuilding forums that um, eating mashed potatoes with the eating any kind of potato with a fork yeah. will take some of the fiber out and leave it on the on the utensil. <laughs> I bet I could I could post that and people would buy that. Yeah,
0: I think that that is like a that's an untapped market for one of the like freakish food uh, you know like like um, influencers that are out there is guy who thinks like it doesn't matter what you eat as long as you eat it with only your hands. You don't need a fork. You don't need any fucking <laughs> utensils. Just eat it with your goddamn hands. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Well, are you familiar with the whole concept of something being Lindy? You know what that word means? I'm aware of the guy.
0: Yeah, I'm aware of the the Lindy guy.
1: Okay. So, for, for our listeners who don't, basically the idea is like the longer the thing you're doing has been done, like the more, the better for you it is. Like, for example, if your exercise is like hyper focused on barbells, it's not good for you because human beings have only been using barbells for 100 years, but they've been, I don't know, like walking around forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you should do just walking around more. Yeah. Uh, I think you can convince people that it's it's Lindy to eat with your hands. and Using utensils is, is not based. Yeah, uh, you're cucked if you use utensils.
0: Yeah, I think we could probably do that. If we if we ever needed an escape hatch for this podcast, I think that that would be a pretty <laughs> easy transition for us. And we already have the relationships with people like Tim Dillon and Black Black Rifle Coffee, so it wouldn't <laughs> even be that big of an issue. Um, dark horse here, here in the ACC is Dino Babers, who I mean, we've already touched on. The, I, they just don't. I don't think they want him there. Um, I, it would probably take a pretty bad season for them to fire him because, as much as Syracuse doesn't want him there, they also don't want to have to do a coaching search because they are not a serious football program. Um, but it, I don't think he did anything in twenty twenty two that would really secure his job long term, right? I don't know. I I I, I think I'm higher on him than
1: you are. I moved him down for like the category, the dark horse category, um, as the editor of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think they don't really have a lot of will to fire anybody right now. Like I, th- I think like, I don't know if I'm being honest. Maybe this is this is insane. But I think they're going to do this long, complicated search for a basketball coach after Jim Beheim finally retires, and yeah. they want to have enough money as possible to get good at basketball again.
0: That could be. They don't want
1: to spend money on a buyout and Dino Babers, and he's doing five. Like if he's going five hundred, if he's going like, you know, seven or eight wins every two or three years,
0: they're alright with that. Are you familiar with the Syracuse Super Booster? Do you know about this guy? Have you have you seen anything about this? No, I don't think so. Okay, so I learned about this guy a couple of weeks ago because he invited um, a bunch of Eagles players to a Syracuse game, like ahead of the Super Bowl. Um, apparently, Syracuse has like a billionaire benefactor who. Uh, I guess doesn't spend it on NIL deals. Doesn't really spend it on the program at all, or any of the programs. Maybe he does, but he doesn't do NIL deals, which was a, a big sticking point for Syracuse fans. It's funny. What he does is he buys courtside seats for every basketball game, and then he invites famous people to sit next to him, and he pays them to be there. That's the thing that he does. That's like his. <laughs> that's like he's like had a bunch of NBA players who have no connection to Syracuse. <laughs> he had like Jalen Hurts up there. Um, it's just what he's this guy does. He,
1: He, he like, is the guy who's, like, the... Would you rather have a million dollars or or lunch with Jay-Z? Like, he is... That's what he's doing for recruiting. That's really funny.
0: Would you rather have a million dollars or lunch with Jalen Brown for some reason? (laughs) That's that's really cool. That is... um... That's a very funny guy. That's like the final boss of Jock thing. That's like <laughs> guy who has a billion dollars just so that he can hang out with like an all-star level NBA player. Um, that that rocks. Yeah. That's uh, I, I bet that Syracuse really loved that they have that guy and that he doesn't do anything else. I can't remember his name, but if you if you guys uh, if you're not familiar with this, just <laughs> Syracuse billionaire booster. And I bet that his yeah. his doofy ass will come up. Um, and then in the, Mar- in the, uh, the Mark Helfrich zone, we have, I would say the defensive version of Mark Helfrich, the closest thing we have personality wise and skill wise to Mar- Mark Helfrich oh, in college that's football. So, that's mean even and, for me. And that would be Pat Narduzzi, who, uh, I don't think he's going to get fired. I don't think Pitt is willing to fire him or really do much of anything, but this guy sucks. He's, he sucks. He's going to continue to win eight games, but he sucks. His program sucks. There's nothing going on there. I personally am sick of this guy. I hope he goes to and ten and gets fired, but I, I don't think he's going to.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that that basically it's a waste of your money to to hire someone like Pat Narduzzi. Like he's just he's winning by accident, right? He's yeah. not very good at this. Yeah. Um there, there there's nothing he is like he, he he just fell into this, right? Like he does not have any understanding of how his defense got good or how his offense got good. Like he just happened to hire a very good D line coach and he had one year where he accidentally got a good quarterback, at, you know, after a 60 year of college football yeah. and a good OC at the same time. Then he immediately forced out the quarter, you know, the, the, uh, the OC.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and can't find another good quarterback after trying, like he has no juice. There's just like, he's probably going to stay here for another two years, but the peak
0: has already come and gone. Like he is never going to have a season that good again. Yeah. Uh, clearly. Yeah. He backed into it. It's, it's obviously he doesn't know what he was doing that made that happen in 2021. He was not doing anything, which is why he doesn't know. Um, and he, uh, yeah. he actively despises the things that were working for Pitt and doesn't want to do them. So yeah, I, I think we're just wasting time here. I think everybody's just kind of running out the yeah. clock. Um, but I don't, let's,
1: um, uh, let's it let's rapid fire the big 12 a little bit here as we get into this league. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we have our dead man walking here is Neil Brown. I think everyone knows the deal here, right? Yeah. He is not going to make it back. He's done. They've lost all of their good coaches, uh, and even their bad ones, too. There, there's <laughs> nothing good happening with Shinya. They're, yeah, I, they're I, cooked. I,
0: I would guess he is an early season firing, right? He he yeah. he would probably be most likely to be fired in September if we were doing that.
1: He is the guy I'm probably most confident in the entire country to get fired first. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Likely Dana Holgerson here. Dana went eight and five last year at Houston, but that is a team that had ten and two talent and should have contended for like a top fifteen ranking in fellowship on probably the G five. It should have been in two lane spot. To being honest, like the talent they had was tremendous. Yeah. Um, they lost their OC, although their OC was pretty bad, uh, so that's not much of a loss. But but you know, there's just like they, they lose their two receivers, they lose their their uh, quarterback. No, I mean there, there's just nothing. What do they have? There's nothing cooking here. They're, they're getting they're they're a team that was already bad. They're getting worse.
0: Yeah, you could see this being a very rough first year in the Big Twelve for Houston, for Houston. And I I don't know, I don't know how much they're willing to put up with that. Especially as it it would be what he'd be like one of four or one of five in his time there for putting up like good uh, above expectation seasons. I just. I don't know that the appetite for that would be especially strong in Houston. I, I could see this being a bad year, and if it is a bad year, I could see them using that new Big Twelve money and kind of you know, trying to look yeah. elsewhere.
1: That is my expectation, I would say. I, I don't see any scenario that's gonna go um go well for him. Yeah. Uh I think he's a bad coach. I think his career clock has actually run out and just let him go get drunk and peace. all he wants to do. Yeah. Um all right, we have two guys in the Mark alford Zone. Uh I, I don't know that I agree with the first one, but I, I do agree with the second. Um we have Brent Venables and Steve Sarkeesian at, at two little backwater schools could Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah. Um look, Venables ate shit last year, right? I mean, he went six and seven. I think Oklahoma's just not in their DNA to fire a coach quickly. Like they yeah. do not believe in that. Like they like to let guys work things out. They wanted Venables badly for a long time. Um like he would have to do so bad this year like i yeah. know he's in the helfer zone but like he would have to go i mean shit dude like
0: it would have to be a historically three and nine bad. yeah it would, it would need to be a yeah. historically bad season um yeah i i think that he's probably more likely that it would be this spot next year i think that the sec transition is not going to be especially friendly to either one of these programs um yeah but he i mean like it is sort of we i think that could actually work in his favor by the way Maybe. I, I yeah. think if, I think if,
1: like both these guys, they may want to have some stability instead of kind of another new coach by the time they get there. Yeah,
0: that, that could be. I do also think that these programs are going to um, very quickly lower expectations, which is going to drive their fans crazy. Uh, as soon as they move into the SEC, it's going to become completely fine to go like 7-5 and five or 8-4, and four. Um, which would cool. also work out in these guys' favor because that is about the best that these two can do. I don't imagine that they're going to do a whole lot more than that, <laughs> um, especially in the SEC. I don't think they're going to do a whole lot more than that in the Big Twelve twelve. Um Sark, on the other hand, has had a season that it seems like Texas fans are kind of okay with, right? It seems like people were generally fine with the 2022 season. It was a step in the right direction. They were they were, you know, they had some losses that they shouldn't have taken, but the advanced stats really like them. They have a quarterback who people are excited about. Um, I, I think that Sark is in a better place now than he was last year, but does that go away if they go right back to four and eight or five and seven? um probably right i think people will probably be pretty upset about that there are pretty high expectations around texas this season
1: yeah i mean he has to get step forward at some point right but, but at the same time like they're also they're losing and losing roshan johnson like 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 i i don't i don't remember where they ranked um i had to check out where they ranked to kind of connelly's returning production metrics but but you know just off the face here like i i don't know that i feel very confident in texas to get better after all they had last year. Like I know they had some injuries last year, but I don't know, man. Like I'm not I guess they're okay, they're 19th in returning production, including third in offensive production, which doesn't seem What the fuck? Doesn't seem right to me with DJ and Roshan for both leaving. I don't really understand that. Yeah. But uh hmm. I mean look you have Quinn Yours and Xavier Worthy who basically couldn't connect to anything the entire season. So if you yeah. think that's gonna work this year, if you think Quinn's gonna basically fix and hit those deep balls, uh yeah, sure. I guess they could be TCU or Tennessee this season. Like that could that could happen. But I think I don't know if that's, I don't know if I'm going to bet on that. Not with like away games in Alabama. Away game in Alabama, right? Like, yeah. I guess the schedule is pretty easy. I'm looking. At, this guy's a pretty easy schedule here. You see how they play?
0: No, I would guess that they're probably going to do basically what they did last year, right? I, I, that they kind of they show flashes of being really good, but they are not capable of stringing together enough wins that they're anything more than just like. Kind of an interesting sideshow that sort of hovers around the back end of the top 25. And that's not enough to get him fired. But I think that if they're much worse than that, it could get him fired. I don't imagine that there's a ton of loyalty to Steve Sarkeesian right now.
1: Yeah, I think probably not. I mean, ah, shit, I don't know, dude. Like, Tom Herman was, again, I keep saying this, but Tom Herman was doing better than this. Like, yeah. It, <laughs> it's like, Steve Sarkeesian's now, uh, what, he's going into year three here. He has one top 25 finish at top 25, you know, at 25th. Yeah. Uh, at command of his second year, Tom Herman was, you know, ranked ninth in the Sugar Bowl win on yeah. uh, a 10-4 and four season. Like, and he was proceeding to go ranked the next two years and was fired anyway. Yeah. Like, Sarkeesian has to stay ranked, I would say. Um, But this schedule, listen to the schedule they got cooking up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, They play Rice at home. That's a win. Yeah. They get Bama on the road. They'll, I mean, Bama...
0: They're gonna Look, lose that game. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Texas
1: if, will yeah. lose that game, yeah. But but that's gonna be a fake good Bama team, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, or even if they win that game, I think Texas will then be bad afterwards. I don't know, we'll see. Um they get Wyoming at home, Baylor on the road, Kansas and Oklahoma at home, Houston on the road, BYU and Kansas State at home, TCU and Iowa State on the road, and Texas Tech at home. Yeah. Uh
0: that's like a nine and three team. Probably. I don't really feel great about any of those games, though, is the thing. Like, I don't feel outwardly bad about any of them, but I just, I don't know. I'm not super confident in this team in either direction. I don't feel, like, super solid that Texas is going to be good, and I don't feel super solid that they would be bad. I think that they're probably going to end up just being, like, 7-5 and five again, um, which we'll see. We'll see how long that that is, that that is you know, fine for them. Yeah. If that just I'll say this,
1: if, if, if you're Steve Sarkeesian... Better not fall out of the rankings. Just just warning you better not better not not be ranked. Yeah. yeah uh, if, you're,
0: if you're Steve Sarkeesian, keep your head on a fucking swivel, buddy. Watch out. <laughs> um we've we've got our first and only, I believe, uh Satterfield slash Holgerson zone uh selection here as well.
1: Uh that is right, Patrick. We have Kalani <laughs> Sataki on the board. <laughs> Sorry, I was uh I love when Zoom just doesn't let you unmute your mic, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh I've also been playing a date. Listen, I had a rough lunch today and I've been playing a dangerous game where I've been muting the mic roughly every 30 seconds to fart. Yeah. Uh, and just hope he doesn't show up on the podcast. So uh-huh. uh, if there's any Easter eggs there for you guys, I hope, I hope those, uh, I <laughs> hope
0: you enjoy hope you those. Enjoy those. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so I'm having a tummy issue during the podcast. Anyway, <laughs> is uh, is on, he's on the board of the Satterfield Holkerson zone, which what this means is I don't think he's going to get fired, but I do think he could feel the pressure coming up enough. He has another bad season. That he could choose to—he's basically views himself as a better candidate elsewhere yeah. than he would be hanging around waiting uh, uh, to get fired in a couple of years. I think he may be able to take a jump somewhere else in this cycle.
0: Yeah, and I'm not sure exactly where that would be because I think that BYU is kind of the perfect spot for him. But I also I don't think that it would be impossible. I think that he would be pretty. Uh, UCLA, UCLA. I, I think that he would be, you know, uh, touted. I think that people would be probably pretty interested in him, whether as a head coach or for a quick stint as a as a coordinator. I think would make sense as well. Um, it, things are not great at BYU right now. I don't I don't feel great about this BYU team coming into the Big Twelve. I, they've they've lost a lot of pieces from a team that was pretty disappointing anyway. Um, I, I think that they they've made some changes that they needed to make that I think will help them in the long run, but. I mean, do, do we do we feel good about Keaton Slovis? As, as no, a no, I don't. I don't feel all that great about that. I don't think that. Keaton I don't Slovis really like really anything about their team. If I'm being yeah, honest, yeah, I, I don't think really they're like. I don't really like a whole lot about what BYU is doing right now, and I don't. I don't know that they're really going to be especially competitive in year one of the Big Twelve, and I don't know how many down years he can afford. And yeah, I, I do think that it's more likely that he goes somewhere than he gets fired, but. That it would be because he feels like he's probably going to get fired pretty soon anyway. Um, we'll what if see. he?
1: What if he tries to get some press by like coming out against the Church of Latter Day Saints with the whole you know tax scandal? And he's like, "This has made me you know, my faith, my <laughs> faith in the the church is shaken by this. Yeah, I have to reconsider if I, if it's the right fit for me. Yeah, and that's how he gets out of the contract.
0: What if he made some noise by coming out? Hi, I'm I'm gay football coach <laughs> Kalani Satake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me be clear, I'm Kalani Sataki and- And I'm
1: gay, and I'm an ex Mormon,
0: (laughs) My fellow Americans.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude, did you see? uh, (laughs) I'm sure you didn't. There was some some Buckeye Twitter stuff going around today. Remember our good friend Buckeye Fett, the guy who got into that beef with me over me making fun of his Urban Meyer post? Yeah, Um, yeah, I do remember. Or his Ryan Day post? Yes, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, where, um, he, where he
0: said that he was glad Ryan Day wasn't dead, right? That was like his big thing. Are like you grateful to... that you're alive, or whatever it was? Yeah, I need to. I'm
1: pulling up the exact language of the post. So I do want to read that again because <laughs> it was so fucking funny. That's um, that's
0: one of the best deranged Ohio State guy posts up there with the the Sam Block thing about the Ryan Day statue. <laughs> like, yeah, Sam
1: Block. I mean, you can't put Sam Block in the category of anybody else. He's the uh, His and... post was. I've been one of your biggest critics. I've wanted to say he's wanted you fired. I've wanted to be angry at you, but I'm grateful for you and your good health and your family's well-being. That is all us fans will ever truly care about. Uh Uh, And anyway, today for
0: for context, this is shortly after Mike Leach died. This that inspired him to make this post about Ryan day. Yeah. (laughs) That's so awesome. Uh, But he,
1: uh, God, that was such a good meme format for the week. Um, but uh he also today there was some georgia player complaining about um complaining about not being invited to the white house he was yeah. you know mad at joe biden for not being invited <laughs> and buckeye fett quote tweeted him to Duncan Ham with saying say what you want about barack obama but he loved those buckeyes oh, and God. it was just a picture Jesus and i'm trying to imagine the idea of like you know, Buckeye mindset, Bronco <laughs> like, <if you> have... <laughs> oh,
0: uh
1: Let me be clear uh, our special teams are a fucking disaster. And <laughs> uh, this is unacceptable. And uh, listen, we've compromised Parker Fleming to a permanent, to a permanent end. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that is really, that is really good stuff. Yeah, um, It's by the way, it's also great how many
1: impressions we do despite not being good at them at all.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what we, I mean, that's why we're a podcast. I don't think that we, I yeah. don't think you're allowed to have a podcast <laughs> if you don't do that. Uh, well, speaking right. of Ryan day, he is one of two people that we have listed here in the big 10 as, as uh, coaches that could be fired. And he is in the Markel zone because he is Mark Helfrich. Um, He's joined there by Tom Allen, who we talked about a little bit earlier. Indiana is just not going to fire him because they're broke. It doesn't matter that he's bad. It doesn't matter that he should be fired. Um, his buyout is too large, and somehow, despite the Big Ten getting like the largest television conference or the largest television contract uh, ever, um, Indiana still doesn't have any money. We just gave you twenty bucks. What you would you do with it? Why do you need to borrow twenty more dollars? Where, where did that, Where did it go? What happened to that twenty we just gave you? uh indiana doesn't know they lost it it's gone they they, it was in their pants and they washed their pants and now it's ruined um both of these guys i don't think actually get fired but they probably both should get fired um and i think it would probably take disastrous seasons for the schools to agree with us
1: yeah i mean there's just too much money in the line that's that's all the matter if it is uh the ryan day thing i think it's less money but i mean i don't know dude if he loses to michigan three times in a row which he probably will if he goes nine and three he's getting fired like if he's if he's ten and two or better, he's safe. Yeah. But I think if this guy goes nine and three, he's getting canned. Yeah. I really do think that is that is the breaking point. Like you cannot it, go
0: nine and three at Ohio State. No, that would be, I mean, especially against this schedule. That is like the most that you could possibly lose against this schedule. <laughs> like you could not Yeah, there
1: are four losable games.
0: It's yeah, yeah, I mean it's, really it's could they play at possibly. Wisconsin.
1: At Wisconsin, at Michigan, at Notre Dame, and Penn State at home.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would take some fucking doing. That would be that would be pretty impressive, especially if one of the losses is at Wisconsin. I mean, that would be for for pretty obvious reasons. The optics behind that would not be would not be great for Ohio State against Luke Fickle. That's not necessarily what you want. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I think that Tom Allen is definitely probably the more deserving of the two to get fired. But Indiana again broke. Does not have any money. They're not going to fire him. The buyout there is like thirty million dollars, and they're just not going to spend that. Um, in the Q, so we have one man. One man alone is the dark horse is Dana Dimmel, who um, I, I don't really think UTEP cares if he's winning football games or not. I, so I, I, he's a dark horse in that like they might be bad this year and maybe UTEP decides to move elsewhere just because they've had him for a while and they get bored. But like I don't think UTEP is really interested in doing anything with their football program. I don't think that they're really... I mean, what do you do here? What 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 would be the point of firing Dana Dimmel? What are you gonna go get? You know, what is the what is the long term play of like? Well, we gotta go, we gotta go grab somebody else who isn't Dana Dimmel. Like, who who are, Who are you? Who's gonna do a different thing at UTEP than what he is doing, which is like going five and seven most years?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Totally unclear to me. Um, <laughs> I think he's a good coach. I don't really get the point in and, and, uh, and getting rid of him.
0: Yeah, I think it could more just be like they're bored and they want to move some money around, um, which is why a lot of times you see coaches like that get fired. They just did that at North Texas with Seth Luttrell. They were just bored. Um, I agree that I don't think he should be fired, but I could see it happening. Um, in the independents, we don't have any. Uh, I originally had Marcus Freeman in the Mark Helfrich zone, but it appears that you disagree with that.
1: Uh, who'd you have there? Sorry, uh, you had Marcus Freeman there. Yeah, I had Marcus yeah, Freeman. I think unless, unless his, his, you know, uh, bastard child comes to blows here in some way, I, I think it's he's probably safe. Yeah, I just don't think that, uh, I think with Tommy Reese leaving over him, basically, I have enough money to keep him allegedly. Yeah. Uh, I I think <laughs> that... that there's going to be some lenience here, and I think he's he's doing pretty well in recruiting. And, like, I think there's just like a lot of, I don't know, understanding about what's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. We, we didn't talk about that the hire that they actually made it offensive coordinator, which, um, uh, who knows? I don't remember the guy's name. He was like the tight ends coach it, or something. It was the
1: failed West Virginia tight end. It failed yeah. West Virginia uh, offensive coordinator. Yeah. Yeah, um, not good.
0: No, not good. And they, they, they didn't end up getting uh, Ludwig from, from Utah because the buyout was prohibitive, which coordinator buyouts are very rarely large. I can't imagine that it was an especially big buyout um and so we have not talked about on on the podcast and we don't have to linger on this but ryan it does appear that notre dame is broke it does appear that notre dame doesn't have any fucking money to spend on a on an offensive coordinator they couldn't afford an offensive coordinator buyout like that's broke that's really really broke
1: yeah i mean they sucked it's a bad program what do you want me to say like it's a shitty fucking they're bad at it
0: do you think that there's a chance that they like end up they they have to go to the Big Ten because they just don't have any money. Because it seems like they don't have any fucking money, right? It seems uh, like Notre Dame just doesn't is an have any money. Question.
1: Yeah, I mean like they they really don't have any cash and it's gonna only get worse every year yeah. from here. Mm, I've gone back and forth on it. I don't know. I think I think if this keeps happening, yeah, probably. Uh I mean, but they already lo- they already lost like, you know, their best head coach of the last forty years to to not have enough money. Yeah. And and they didn't do anything about it. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's hard for me to say. I, I guess, don't really know the answer. I guess, um, I
0: guess Notre Dame just doesn't really care about football. That seems to be what we're what we're hearing more and more is that Notre Dame just doesn't care about football. Not a serious football yeah. program. Um,
1: Patrick, do you want to? Let's go. I know we are getting tight on time here. Let's rapid fire through the MAC and Mountain West. We can. Uh, yeah. We can run through these. You want to you bounce yeah. to the MAC, and I'll do the Mountain West.
0: Yeah. So in the MAC, we've got in the likely category Scott Leffler and Chuck Martin um chuck martin because he's just done the same shit at miami for years now and i think they might get bored with bored with him scott leffler because he sucks and at some point the bill has to come do there. um dark horse mike new is the same category basically as chuck martin i think they might just get bored with him it's been it's been long enough and he's not really done anything there and then jim mcelwain at central michigan is a guy to watch i think possibly as a satterfield candidate as well um, but their 2022 season was very, very disappointing, um, and I don't know. I don't know how long they're going to be cool with that. I don't know how long they're going to do that, and I don't know how long he's going to want to do that. So I, I could see. I could see that me. I could. I could see that happening. I could also see the Mac just standing pat because there's not a ton of interest there in doing things. It seems like the Mac is not super interested in getting anything done right now.
1: Yeah, nothing going on there at all. Uh they they just don't really care about ball right now, I think. They're just kind of riding things out. Yeah. That could um, be. Um so what'd you
0: say? I said that could be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh I have two candidates here. We have two candidates here in the Mountain West. Uh and Dead Man walking, I think to me, one of the easiest fires in the country. Uh is Danny Gonzalez. He is coming to the end of a four year deal with New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, he has so far gone seven and twenty-four, including a two in ten effort last season, his worst yet um of his time there. Um, and I think that, uh, I don't know, man. I just think that he's going nowhere. It's New Mexico. It's obviously a difficult job, but, but, you know, given that Jerry Kale is having some relative success to Mexico state, I yeah. think that it makes him look worse by comparison. And I think there's just no need to bring him back for more time. He right? Also, kind of know
0: he also just lost Rocky long to Syracuse, which was like the only thing they had going for them was that their defense was okay. Right. Like that was that that's, that's pretty much it. I think I don't really know what Gonzalez is doing at this point that wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't get from like a replacement level, just some, some guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Andy Avalos pick on here, I, I maybe kind of him. I don't know if I'm on the same page as I, I see how it could happen. Right. I do see how he could, uh, how he could become an issue essentially, but I, I don't know. Like I, I do think that, um, he, he did pretty well last year. I mean, 10 wins, right? Like it's not, it's, mm. it's Boise States. You should always have 10 wins, but, I think maybe the heat
0: came off a little bit last year. I'm going to say um, someone did well at Boise State last year, (laughs) given the circumstances. It was not him. It was Dirk Cutter, uh, who I believe is no longer the offensive coordinator. (laughs) I believe has 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 since departed again from the program, which he didn't want to have to be running in the first place. Um, Dirk Cutter served essentially, this is not just me talking, this is like what the thought was within the program and and around the Mountain West. Dirk Cutter was the interim coach last year. He basically took over as the head coach and saved the program from completely collapsing, which is what they were going to do. Um, and so Avalos is the dark horse here for me because I think that there's a chance that the program just collapses without Dirk Cutter. I think he's a bad football coach. I don't think he's a good head coach. I don't think he's ready for the job. Um, I could see this going bad very quickly and, and Boise State realizing that like, he got his ass saved last year and that if they yeah. don't have Dirk Cutter around, then there's no point in having this guy. They might as well just go get somebody else.
1: Yeah, I mean, sure, shit, it's, it's certainly possible. I, I guess I just, you know, like the the odds of, I know he's probably not a great coach. I, I truly do understand that. But the odds of Boise State being terrible two years in a row, it, it's just pretty hard for me to stomach that happening. I, I just don't, I guess, buy the concept. I, I mean, I what you're saying, I know it's true. I, I'm aware of it. I just think that, like, it's such an easy job. Like, it's such an easy job. He's going to figure it out. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's too generous. I it, don't know.
0: It should be. It certainly should be. Um, it's not but... like Memphis
1: and Brian Silverfield. There's, like, five other programs at the same level in that league, right? It's yeah. just Boise State. Yeah. Like, been, there's no one else. Yeah. Maybe San Diego State is, like, in the same level of resources or Fresno. Yeah. But – yeah. yeah. Anyway, Yeah, um, we'll,
0: we'll we'll see. Um <clears throat> Pac-12 dark horse Justin Wilcox, he's just the default dark horse. There's always a chance that he gets fired. I don't think there's really any appetite from Cal to move on from him. Um or but, anyone. Cal just kind of wants to just chill out. Yeah, Cal doesn't want to really look at sports. Yeah, I don't uh, think Cal really wants to be playing football. <laughs> it's more just like, yeah, I guess if you want to if you want to coach the football program, I guess you can do that. I don't really I don't really care. That's not yeah. my problem. Um and then the Mark zone is Chip Kelly, who uh, I'm sure would resent the idea of being in the Mark Elford zone, but I do think that UCLA is constantly looking for a reason to get him out of there, even though he is successful and has been successful yeah. there. Um, I think they just don't like. I him. do think they'll
1: be very good this year too, which is I, all. I just it would require a big collapse from them to. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know. we'll see. Um, SEC, we've got three names here. Who are we working with?
1: We got in the like category. Eli Drinkwitz. I I just like. What are we doing here? Right. Six and seven last year. Didn't they just give him an extension
0: too? I think they gave him the classic like one year extension or something like that. That's Um, awesome.
1: That's the, that's how you actually should do like the whole coach bitches that he can't recruit if he doesn't, you know, get an extension, whatever. I think it was two years ago, right? It was after 2021, maybe. I don't um, know. No, it Uh, was
0: in November of 2022. Uh, Contract will pay him six million in 2023 and seven million annually by the last year of the deal, 2027. Jesus. Okay, let's take him off the list. Maybe not. What the hell are they doing there? What? Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. (laughs) Why? What is the value? Yeah, it was a two-year contract extension, so it originally went through 2025 that's
1: it's that's so stupid there's a word i want to use that i can't use in the Jesus. podcast that's for them to describe yeah. that Jesus uh Christ. this is that's that's horrible Damn. um yeah I'll take it off the list i guess probably in the same same vein here we have jimbo fisher i think it's just too big of a contract to ever fire yeah uh but AM is one to throw around some money obviously they, they threw a lot of money at that recruiting class and he basically did nothing with it he lost half those players yeah uh I, my leaning here is that because he was willing to go up the offense, I'll give him like two years. See what happens just based on contract timing and like him fi- Agreeing to their demands. Yeah. I think he probably gets a couple years. See what happens with him, not running the offense. And if it works, you know, great. They're in the money. And if it doesn't work, See ya, like yeah. end of twenty twenty four season, I think he could be cooked. Yeah. But I think this year he's probably fine if he doesn't, you know, whether or not whenever he does. Yeah. Um
0: and then the the Mark Hellford zone we have here is Billy Napier, who I think the the this is just like disaster scenario kind of thing, right? It's like the the if Florida is is really, really terrible, they might want to move on because it seems like they're already kind of annoyed with him. Um
1: people do not like him there. He is not popular. He is not no. recruiting well, he is not managing the boosters well. Uh I think they're not playing well. Uh, I don't know. I got into it with some Florida fans online this week because, like, they were they were posting about nostalgia for the twenty eighteen season, uh, in which they <laughs> lost to Kentucky and Missouri and got blown out by Georgia. Um, <laughs> like that is how down bad a fan base is to be nostalgic for yeah for that you know those teams.
0: Yeah, it, it is. It is kind of hard for me. We'll we'll move on from the SEC here, but like, it is kind of hard for me to think that the SEC wouldn't have a single coach change right in an off season. That would be. It doesn't happen very often, I don't think. The, the, there wouldn't be a single firing that nobody would turn over, that all those jobs would just stay as is going into 2024, man. I, yeah. Could you, it, could
1: you count Sark as a new as, a, as he see
0: fire? I don't know. I don't know that – I mean, I guess I, I guess it would be a new hiring into the conference, but, like, I don't even know that I'm confident that he would get fired, right? I, I don't yeah. – like, that would be – going into the start of the 2024 playoff, none of these guys get fired? I don't know. I don't know. That, that seems – but I mean,
1: Hyple and uh, and Beamer are definitely safe in the East, right? Yeah. Obviously, Kirby's going nowhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have. I guess Stoops. we have Drinkwitz and Napier on the list. Um, Maybe Stoops is, Lee. The,
0: Stoops is in the the Satterfield. Category, no, Stoops is I guess.
1: Stoops. I guess Stoops could leave. Yeah, but he won't. He yeah. won't. Obviously, not get fired. Yeah. I mean, Clark Lee. If if he wins like one game, get uh, him.
0: Yeah, he he. I think he'd still be fine. I think they're probably going to give him four or five minimum. Um, right,
1: the East is good. Saban could retire in the West. He's obviously they're not fired. Nick Saban, no. Uh, the new Mississippi State head coach is a new contract.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Lane Kiffin isn't getting fired. Uh, Hugh Freeze is a new contract. Jimbo right. is too is too rich. Uh, they're not firing uh, Sam Pittman at Arkansas and you have Brian Kelly's not getting fired at LSU. I think it's just like, damn, it's a weird, weird stretch. That's, yeah.
0: That's going to be very strange. It's hard for me to believe that. It's hard for me to think could be if, an off
1: field issue. Someone gets fired for an off field. thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's
0: hard for me to think that one of them can't find a reason to go and to fire somebody because they want to be the top sec job on the board. Right. Like I, I could, yeah, I could see that being the case. I don't know who that would be. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, Arkansas did just hire Dan Enos as his offensive coordinator, so that's something to consider as well. Um, <clears throat> but we will we will monitor that. Last one here is in the Sun Belt, Dead Man Walking is Sean Elliott at Georgia State, likely Sean Clark at App State, Dark Horse Butch Butch Jones uh, at Arkansas State, and then the Mark Helfrich zone is Michael Desermo at uh, Louisiana. Um, Dead Man Walking with Sean Elliott, I'm not sure that Georgia State actually has the heart to do anything at all as a football program. It seems like they're just completely listless, but he sucks. They should fire him. Um, And then I would say the same about App State with, with Sean Clark, like, and I think they might actually do it. I think that App State might actually be unwilling to just sit there and let him be a dog shit coach. I think that they have the 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 willingness to realize that he doesn't have anything going on. Um, but I, I am I'm a little I, I'm curious to see if these programs, the the three that I mentioned at the top specifically, have the heart to go and do that. Have they have the actual, you know, like can you make a change? Are you willing to actually go and make a change instead of just sitting with what you have?
1: Yeah, I mean I think that's uh it's an interesting question. I don't know, man. I think there's just not a lot of will there for it, right? I think it's probably the issue
0: is these guys are kind of just they're, they're kinda of sitting where they're at, no? Yeah. I, I, I think that uh I think Clark could get fired. I, I, I hope Elliot gets fired because he stinks, but like there's been no real movement on that front from Georgia State. It's more just like he should be. Um, but we'll we'll see. I think Clark is honestly probably the most likely, but Elliot should be um yeah we'll we'll see I'm, I'm not entirely sure I'm not sure that the Sunbelt knows exactly what it what it is right now where it wants to be right now I think that it's kind of a time of transition for the conference um but I'm I'm interested uh Ryan we have a uh, we have an article that we were going to read here but I think that we are going to have to push this to the the premium next week because uh, I believe that we are we're out of time tonight uh do you have anything else before we get out of here
1: no, I think uh, I think we're good. Man, I know you got to run. I think let's pick. that. Maybe we'll do a special episode or something with that uh, that article coming up soon. Or I'll find some time on it. We'll talk about it. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, about some kind of conference expansion news, and it'll be on our board. Yeah. But uh, all right, man. Another another. you firing coaches in the books. We hate these motherfuckers. So happy to be doing this, of course, and, mm-hmm. and hope we keep getting fired them again
0: soon. Yep we uh, we love to fire these guys. We're going to be firing them more and more, and uh, we'll see everybody next week.